0: What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Um, got a good one for you today. I know I say that all the time, but this really is a good, entertaining episode. Kyle, aka Golden State Vintage, is in the hot seat talking to me about all the great things, including but not limited to buying the $76,000 jeans. He is the man who bought the $76,000 jeans picking bandos and crazy finds in abandoned houses, Um, his early days, how he got into vintage, the bins, um, the scene of true vintage fashion trend-wise, and all kinds of things in between. It's a really great episode, really nice dude, humble guy, Golden State Vintage, super stoked to have him on. And uh, without further ado, we are going to get into this episode right now. Okay, Kyle, uh, a.k.a. Golden State Vintage. I've been trying to get you on the show for a long time, dude. Yeah, it's been a minute. I've been trying I to put it off a little bit, to be honest. But <laughs> You have, for sure. You've been very successful in putting it off. But uh, I've talked about you on the show, too, because I, I still think you, you come up with crazy stuff, man. You always have good product, and you're super consistent on posting amazing product. So I've said that on the show many times that you're like my favorite follow on IG just because he posts such cool stuff.
1: So I'm super stoked to have you today, dude. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked we're actually finally finally able to do this.
0: Hell yeah. So I want to kick it back to the beginning. We want to get to know you, man. How did this all begin for you? Like, what was the intro to you into the vintage world?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's for like the same for a lot of people. Like, I just started going to thrift stores, basically. You know, when I was like 16, 17, I'm 24 now, but yeah, I was hitting thrift stores like every, every, every weekend, basically like just going, find cool shit that I like to wear, to wear. And like, um, it kind of just turned into me starting to sell and like depop and stuff. And from there I kind of just got more and more into it. And I don't know, I, I just started to love clothes. I've always loved clothes. I always loved fashion. I always loved style. Always been super into that kind of stuff. And um, so basically kind of just like played hand in hand and I just like to buy stuff for myself. And then I was like, oh, I got over stuff and I started throwing up on Depop. People were buying it and um, I was making a little bit of money. And then, you know, kind of just slowly, gradually got better and better. Started to find more more cool stuff, learn more and more. Got like, you know, started researching stuff. And, um, you know, it always started off like the the 90s shit that I would find at the store. I didn't really know, you know. I would just pick up whatever was cool to me or like Yeah, of
0: course.
1: I remember I found like this old social distortion shirt at a, at a thrift and I was like so stoked on it and I had no idea it was like a good shirt and I definitely undersold it on Depop but like I was like and then I look back I'm like oh shit like I was like from the 90s I could have gotten so much more money for that thing but it was like I don't know. It's cool. It's cool. It's just funny how I've gotten to That's... where I am just starting off like going to thrift. I would ride my bike to thrift stores like every week and um just buy cool shit for myself spend two three hours in the thrift and just like try shit on shop all every look at everything in the thrift store are you so are you are you san diego born and raised i'm actually born in arcadia which is like kind of by pasadena in la and i lived there for the first like 12 years of my life and um i moved around a lot because of my like how like my dad's work i've made me he works for like hotels. So, like, I've had to move around a lot different areas. Um, I've lived in a lot of different areas throughout my life, been to a lot of different schools. Um, but yeah, now I'm in San Diego and I've been in like Austin, Texas. I've been in just different parts of California. And, um, but now I'm in oh, San wow. Diego for now, but who knows where the future is going to take me if I'm going to stay in San Diego or if I'm going to maybe go to LA. I don't know what the future really holds, but, um, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah. So I look back on your Instagram, and you know the 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 early pictures on your Instagram are from the bins. Yeah. So eventually (laughs) you migrated from the thrift stores to go into the bins. And what was that scene like for you when you started out? Um, you
1: know how the bins are. It's the fucking bins. Can I cuss on here? Sorry. I can cuss. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Go for Um, it. Yeah. Of course uh yeah you know the bins are i would i would go to the bins every single day like non like i loved the bins at the time and i would back then i think it was like 2018 maybe 2017 um when shit was actually coming out a lot more i feel like and they weren't pulling shit in the back and you could actually find more stuff and it wasn't super saturated i mean it was a little saturated but definitely not like now but um yeah i was finding a lot of shit and that's like where all my inventory was coming from. Like now I'm, I tend to, you know, spend a little bit more to buy some items, as you can see. But the, all my, all everything I had course, back yeah. then, I was not obviously didn't really have the finances to like spend a lot of money on items. So I would just go to the bins every day and just see what I could find, basically. And people tell me, people like my friends say, What was say, the crew
0: like? Was there a lot of competition there? Like, yes,
1: yes, there was a lot of competition, but like there was a lot more stuff to find. And it was a lot more fun. It's not fun as much fun to go to the bins anymore, I feel like. But it's funny because people ask me, like, hey, like, do you think it's really solid your bin pics, like, on your Instagram, like, when you scroll all the way down? And, yeah, I know it probably doesn't look good for, like, the, like, you know, the whole feed and everything, and now people want to try to make this aesthetic to their feed. But, like, I kind of just think it's cool that, like, this is, like, where I came from, you know? I started off as a little bins kid, so just a progression. Picture. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's kind of crazy. No,
0: I think it's fine. People get too wrapped up in that, and like they want to like it's like they want to hide things. I think it's. Stupid. I'm not going to hide anything. I, I, I think sorry, it's cool to story. know where you. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, like for people that don't know, like people listening to this, some of them probably know about the bins, but some of them don't you know explain like you're saying it's not as fun anymore explain why it used to be fun like give us like that kind of explain like a day in the bins back in those days like how i pictured is like as a crew you're all friends you're all like competing but still like fucking with each other and having fun a lot of laughs like hanging around waiting for the the rotations
1: to happen buying and selling from each other potentially right yeah so that's actually kind of like how exactly how it was like we it was it was a lot more like People that went there, they would be going there every day and you would see them every day and you guys would all be cool. And, um, like there wasn't as many TikTok kids as I guess, as you want to call them, TikTok kids that just show up to the bins and just are very annoying <laughs> sometimes. And, um, it was a lot more fun. Like I feel like fucking the workers weren't pulling shit out of the bags as they are now. And, um, cause all Goodwills are catching on to what's going on. They know what the fuck is happening. They see that there's, that were are posting stuff. They're, Goodwill's around the world, they follow the people that are posting stuff on their bins. Like, this, it's not, nothing's unwrapped. Um, and they're seeing everything that's going on. They see what's worth, they're seeing what's going, like, what's worth money. They're seeing what's, the prices of shirts on eBay or the prices of, of jackets on eBay or whatever it may be. And they're ca- catching on. But back then, like, I seemed like, you could. It was like more like the donations were raw, and there was a lot more fun. Like if you're actually finding stuff and have a good. It's more fun when you find stuff at the bins. It's pretty obvious. Like you don't want to go to the bins and not find of shit. Of course, yeah. You know, and um, so yeah, it was. It seemed like there was like a whole little crew that we had that was just like the every day that you would see every day, You'd shoot the shit with them every day. It was a lot more fun. Like um, now it just seems like uh, and a lot of those people from 2017, 2018 don't go to the bins anymore. I don't see them as much. There is a handful of people from those years that are still going to my location that I see when I go. Cause I still go, but not as much because it's really not really worth it to me. But there's a handful of people that I see and the rest of them have fallen off or they just don't sell or but now it's just a whole new set of people that are cool but not as cool as people that used to be there. And um yeah. it seems like it's a we're a lot more bloodthirsty for stuff because it's very rarely when a lot of the good shit comes out so i mean yeah there's, i can imagine now like if if something comes out everyone's trying to buy
0: it off that person so are you when you do go to the bins now are you end up buying more off the other
1: people than you do find shit i mean it's also the fact that people don't even want to sell shit anymore everybody's too scared to sell stuff yeah. everybody thinks every, like anything if i ever see like old shit come out people the people who don't know about it and get it they don't want to sell it because they're scared that they're gonna under- undersell it and they don't really realize that not everything that's old is worth crazy money Every, like now people think they see like an old denim jack they think from like the 70s or 60s now it's not worth automatically 200 dollars like it could still be worth a little bit and they think it is worth so much that they just don't even want to sell them they're so scared and it makes it a little bit harder but um
0: yeah fully. it's nice
1: for me to get my own old shit like i i've From the location that I go to, there's been some pretty crazy shit that I've pulled throughout the years. And as of recent, I've pulled some crazy stuff, but, um, yeah, I, people haven't realized. So, yeah, so I guess you had a
0: transition at some point into, like, more true vintage. Like, you're pretty known now for, like, the, you, you're, like, leading the charge of true vintage here for, like, the young generation, I feel like. You bought the $76,000 jeans, which we'll talk about later, but- how did the begin? How did the education on that start? Obviously, there's the natural education where you're finding interesting stuff and you're having to learn about it. But like, did you have any mentors or kind of walk us through how you got really into older
1: stuff and how you learned? Um. So I've been selling with shout out to my buddy uh, Corey Sundays Vintage. You guys should go check him out. But I sold my buddy Corey like four or five years ago. We used to do Long Beach and um. Long Beach, PCC, Pasadena City College. If you're not familiar with that, I mean you are, but yeah. anybody else that's watching, um, and Rose Bowl obviously that everybody knows about Rose Bowl. I used to sell with him. I I could didn't have enough stuff to have my own booth, so I would sell with him, and um, you know, he kind of gave me some like you know he would teach me a lot, and I would also learn myself by just reading up on it, like or looking into it. Always being and being on Instagram also helps a little bit, and just like I always. I just started to love older shit more because of how like better the quality is, the designs are, um, just the history behind it and the fits of stuff. Like, so it's I think I can't really find any nineties t-shirt that would fit better than any sixties or seventies t-shirt for myself. Um, but yeah, my buddy Corey, he taught me a lot. He really taught me about like quilts and like helped me with denim and just other stuff and i progressively started you know started to get more of it and um started to learn more and then that's when i like you know started to sell by myself at Rolls bowl and um yeah so shout out cory that, that's my buddy uh and oh there's a lot of people like there's probably a lot of people is out of Corey company. still doing it is selling? Yeah, Corey still, Corey still does it Corey's still great you guys really need to talk about it. sunday's vintage he's a great dude and um shout out to him he's he really helped me meet all these Japanese buyers that I have now. And because um, they would see us, I would sell with him. They come to him for, for shit and then they'll see me and they go, oh, they look through my stuff and I might have some stuff they like and they're going to keep on coming back to our booth. And I slowly, you know, there's a lot of like people that yeah. I know now very well, you know, like Berberjan and like a lot of those other Japanese buyers that um, there's a countless amount of them now because they're popping up even more, but just. Selling at Rolls Bowl and selling at Long Beach, selling at PCC, and seeing them every weekend and trying to get so much good shit for them to, because they always want new shit. They always want better shit. Like that also pushed me to, you know, want to just dig harder and, and get shit for them. And um, I started to realize the kind of stuff that they were buying. And that also is like they buy a lot of the older shit. They like the older shit. And so me finding a lot of that, I needed to learn more about it to want to get more money for it and not want to like possibly undersell it or anything so that also played hand in hand with like you know the true vintage and the older shit i guess so that's a good segue i wanted to ask
0: you know we all go through times in periods where or just it just specific examples when we where we undersell you i think you've already mentioned undersold a few things but um do you have any, any examples of things you undersold that you're like shit i let that go for crazy and like i've done it everybody who's learned learned the game had to do it at some point
1: there's there's still times like probably within the last month that i've old, undersold stuff but my business model personally is like i'm trying to move shit sometimes it's like i might undersell it but it's not because i didn't know it's like i want to move it and i'm okay with that but i guess when you meet undersell it means yeah. like i've significantly amount significantly amount less than what it goes <laughs> for so maybe i'm trying to think Okay, I do remember something. So, um, I even talked to uh one of the Berber Gin owners. I'm you're probably familiar with Yamada, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Yamada. He he we make we joke about this sometimes, but um I remember from the bins I found like maybe like 5 to 10 of these like 50s and 60s like a it was like a Champion shirt and it said AAA. And I guess okay. it was like an Air Force thing or like army thing and he bought them all for like 20 a piece or 30 a piece and this is like four or five years ago at Long Beach and I remember for like probably two years straight he kept on asking me do you ever find any more of the AAA shirts and I'm like fuck why are these why does he want so many more like I definitely there there was something he probably made crazy money off those but I remember those specifically that he just kept on bringing it up and I can bring it up now and he'll we'll still chuckle about it because now he's like He's, and now he knows that I know more about that stuff. But four or five years ago, when yeah. I pulled this from the bins, I wasn't thinking that in Japan they're probably $300 a piece and I'm selling it to this dude for $20, $30. And he was stoked. And it probably, it probably just looked
0: like a college shirt or something, right? Like a, like a school yeah. graphic.
1: Yeah. You know, there's so much in vintage that we don't know about that we probably undersell oh, a lot. Oh, man.
0: Of there's so many intricacies. I still learn so much stuff. That's what keeps it interesting. And that's kind of what keeps true vintage more interesting because there's a lot more to learn. Yeah. There's a lot more variations. There's a lot of subtle details that can change something from mediocre value to like very high value. Like
1: military, Um, denim, like those specifically. There's a lot of military stuff I've definitely undersold, not knowing that it's like, I don't want to put me on game, but like second pattern, third pattern, first pattern, you know, stuff like that. Like when I was first starting, I didn't know much about that. And you can definitely understand a lot of that yeah. stuff when you don't know, because that military denim, that takes uh, years and years and years of learning to know little intricacies of of certain pair of pants or jacket or um military top or whatever to know like if it's either a hundred dollars or three hundred dollars. Like there's little things that can change the value so crazy that you might not notice when you're first starting off.
0: I like what you said, though, about I'm in the business of moving product. Uh, that's smart because uh, I, I, there's a lot of people, as you probably know, in this game that love to hold shit forever and love to try to grind that last penny out of every single piece they have. But it, it's not really, you know, if you're if you're in the business selling to Japan, like they have to make money, too. You can't expect them to make no money or they're not going to come back and buy from you again. Otherwise, no, exactly. how are they going to keep going, you know? So you have to be in this sweet spot. We're still technically like in that world, we're technically wholesale if we're selling to say the Japanese, cause they're going and reselling it. Yeah, Obviously, exactly. you know, when you do, do the Rose Bowl, you can also sell to like an end user for sure. But, um, you know, you gotta be willing to, uh, to walk the dance and play the game. Right. And. I think that's smart because I see too many people, man, that have the same shit hanging in their booth at Rose
1: Bowl and you're like, come on, I've don't, I don't you've had that I don't for like, like that. six months, you know? My my um no. my kind of business model is I like sorry to cut you off, I wasn't trying to cut you off, but my business model is oh, no, I wanna it? make a quick penny over like a slow dime, you know? Like I'm not trying to I wanna make the money quick, move the inventory out, get new shit in so I can make more money and I've been doing that for Basically four or five years of me do like of me selling at Rolls Bowl. Like I've been trying to. I don't want to hold on to anything. Like I do want to get the good money for what's worth good money and maybe kind of like string that out a little bit. Try and get top dollar for that stuff. But when it comes to like not the kind of like the lower sheer stuff to like the mid tier stuff, I don't want to hold on to any of that. Like I'm trying to. I'm trying to like burn burn it out. Get new stuff in. Burn it out. Get new stuff in. Because I can't hold on to everything. You can't hold on <laughs> Turn to Turn and
0: burn, they say, Turn man. Turn and burn. That's Turn what I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hold on to everything. It's yeah. not it's That's not fucking fun. awesome. And that's that's
0: exactly why you were able to buy a $76,000 pair of jeans. Which yeah. We'll talk about that later. But that's fucking a very good point. Because without turning things into dollars, you don't, don't have capital. And it, it like, it, it, it slows your business down and it stops the energy flow of, of money, which I think is very important.
1: Yeah. I think, um, it's always been my business. I don't want to hold on to anything. I don't want to, cause if I were to just ask top dollar and everything, you know, how much shit I would still have left over that I would, I, I wouldn't be able to bring new inventory in. Like I'm trying to bring new inventory in every week, every day, basically to, I want Japanese guys to I don't want Japanese guys to come to my booth and or any buyers of that sort to come to my booth and see the same shit that they saw last month. They're not gonna want to shop my shit. And I want to keep them happy. I wanna if they can keep if they buy shit off me, they're gonna be happy and, and for a good price that it's not like top dollar. They don't feel like they're getting they're having to pay so much money or like pay the top dollar, they're not gonna wanna have they're not gonna feel as inclined to come back and shop with me. The reason that a lot of my buyers, a lot, of especially Japanese buyers come back to me every month is because they know that my prices are not killing them and they will be able to make money off it and that they know that they're not going to have to like pay an arm and a leg for something that's worth an arm and a leg. They can pay maybe just an arm for something that's worth an arm and a leg, you know? If that makes any sense. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
0: Hell yeah. And it's obviously working out for you, so that's that's awesome. People should take note of that because, like we said already, there's too many people who are holding out here, you know? So... Do you, if you find 90s shit, like, do you even sell
1: it anymore? Like, do you keep it? Do you put it in your booth? Um, certain 90s stuff. Yeah, I'll throw it out at Rolls Bowl. Like, why not? And, um, but I do consign at a shop over here in San Diego. And, um uh, I just put out a lot of that kind of stuff, like the 80s and 90s stuff I put out on the racks there. So I have like different, um, currents for where I put my stuff. Like, uh, the gnarly shit, like the old shit I like to put out at Rose Bowl. And then maybe a little bit mixed of the 90s and 80s that, like, I know we'll sell, I'll put out there. Yeah. But, like, a lot of that stuff, I take it, like, the 90s and 80s stuff, I put it in the shop, and I just restock over there. What's the shop and...
0: called if people want to go shop oh, in San Diego? Oh, Day-to-Day
1: Vintage. It's um in San Diego. Look it up at Day-to-Day Vintage. I, uh, my buddy David owns it. Great dude. We got a couple people consigning there, and it's a mixture of everything. We do have the older stuff there, but me personally, I like to put my, like, you know, uh 80s 90s stuff there because that does really well for that kind of clientele and the like the area that we're in but yeah if you guys are ever in the area go check it out um we've been around i think almost Dope. two years i'm pretty sure around two years now but um it's a great place great people it's a beautiful store honestly and you guys would yeah anybody that's in the area should go check it out for sure really cool spot i'm not just saying that i'm not okay. being nice it's a great it's a great looking store <laughs> yeah
0: no that's awesome i think it's cool uh it's smart to like segment your shit so that you can focus in on what you want to focus on for like your own sales. Yeah. You know, and that that business model is interesting to me now. That model of like consignment vintage or the, the, you know, um, Sam's store up in San Francisco where they have like 10 vendors. It's becoming way more popular that style of store. So a lot of vintage dealers can now have like a rack or two racks in a store Mm -hmm. where before they like that was not the vibe. Like no vintage store wanted to put anybody else's shit in there. Right.
1: Yeah, it's it's actually cool. It's like a little community inside of like a little space, basically. Like I know you're talking about vacations, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That like that's a really cool I I've heard about that place. They're doing great and it's it's a really cool community. It's like basically like a little community inside their own little space. It's cool. And that's kinda like what we're doing, just like a little couple less vendors. Yeah. But um it takes it's kind of taking the people's different aesthetics and putting them all into one place and making one big like family of all everybody's like different, like Sam stuff. And I'm not really sure who else sells in there, but I know Sam and probably a lot of other people in there have different kind of like, Well, I don't I All I know well, is
0: Nils and Sam, but yeah, yeah. Nils,
1: shout out Nils, um, Nils and Sam, they, they have, they sell different stuff. And when it all comes into one place, it's, it's a cool look and people can go in there and buy whatever, like whatever kind of taste they have. It's there basically.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the way I look at it, like I've thought about doing that too. Because the way I look at it is it's hard to get all the right shit all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like picking is the hardest part to to fill your store exactly what people want all the time. But if you have vendors, then you have more people picking it. Mm -hmm. They're out there filling the store with exactly what the people want. So you get a better selection typically. Um, and it draws more people and they're all promoting it as well. So it adds more like marketing power to the whole project. A lot of benefits to it. So I want to change here and jump into... Picking uh Bandos. Okay. I know you started this with the crew in your your area. Um I don't know the crew exactly. I'll the only one I really know is uh I got polo.
1: Anthony, Anthony. shout out Anthony, shout out Shout out Anthony. Shout out Anthony. Shout out Anthony. Um also shout out You want to buddy, shout out your other yeah, homies? I, I, I will. I have to. uh Christian, my buddy Christian, who's actually my roommate, he's in the room next door actually. Um vintage files nice. go follow him and then my other buddy chris little chris we call him uh neglected garments Those that, that was the first little three crews that we had I, I went out with them and then we also went out with polo once but we don't really go out with polo we didn't really in that span of time we okay. weren't really going out with polo but we did go without go out with him uh once and he's a great picker he's a great dude he's awesome he's been doing this for a long time and he's got i got a lot of respect for polo for sure
0: yeah, he's got great stories. If you ever could go meet him at a flea market or something and yeah, get a hey, couple stories out of him, it's like he'll it'll, it'll make a you day for sure. For sure. <laughs> so tell us like your first experience with this, man. I want to know like how it went down and and then probably like how your fucking mind got blown. But yeah, do you remember first that first time? With,
1: with, I kind of do. It, it was, this was like beginning. So the reason we started doing this, it was the beginning of COVID. Everything was closed down. All the thrift stores were closed down. No, you couldn't pick anywhere. And we, were, me and my buddies, we we're, we're we've been picking for like every day, and then all of a sudden, gone. Like no nowhere else to pick. So it's like we were feening yeah. to go find some cool shit, and um, we were like, ah, we don't know what to do. And I think maybe I maybe I'm I'm guessing at the time I can't completely remember, but I'm guessing at the time we probably saw Anthony doing it, or maybe other people on Instagram because. Before Anthony, there was tons of people doing this stuff. Like back in the even the 80s and 90s, people were picking houses and finding clothes. It just wasn't really documented. So, um, but For at sure. this time, there wasn't a lot of people in California. I feel like there probably there was. We were, we are definitely not the first. I don't think we can we can't even say we're even close to the first. But um, at the time, yeah, we were like feening to find some cool shit. So basically, we kind of like mapped out spots and we just hit the road. And I don't think we found shit that day, but we might've found a couple things. I do remember actually, I do remember one thing I found. There's a video of me. I found a Grateful Dead shirt in the uh, bathtub of an abandoned RV out on the side of the road. And I was freaking out about that. It's crazy that I was freaking out. And it was probably fucking rotted and molded. But at the time, I was freaking out insanely about this stupid Grateful Dead shirt because I was like, holy shit, like, I'm not, fine. I'm not in the thrift store, I'm not at the bins, I'm finding shit out in the fucking desert, finding them on the side of the road, like, this is crazy, like, who would have thought? And that was, I do remember that very clearly, finding that Grateful Dead shirt, that was pretty cool, but I think we found some stuff that day, and it was just that, That I remember that first day, we were, like super, we were like, after that first day, we were like, oh, this is sick, like, we gotta go back out, we gotta do this again, like, we knew that wasn't gonna be our last time doing it, so, yeah, I think from there, I think we started going every single like I think it was like every single week we would we would make a trip or maybe every other week we would make a trip and we would start going farther and farther and um we started finding more and more stuff and then um also want to shout out my buddy Matt Burnpit Vintage he's over in Buffalo New York right now I think but he's from Indiana and um we used to hit some trips with him during COVID and that man is a fucking monster. And shout out that dude. He's been doing it the bando shit for a long time too, way before us. And um, okay, he's found some crazy. crazy shit. So shout out Matt. And he's definitely like big dude. He was the muscle of the organization. He could kick down doors. He can pull sh- fucking beds up. Everything. Matt. Oh, Matt was the Matt was the fucking man. So shout That's out. Awesome. Matt. That's
0: awesome. So I see, like in California anyway, it's a lot of fucking trailers, like. Looks like like it looks like meth dens to me, but I don't oh, really yeah, know. Worked. Like they were. So you so you're going in these like old meth dens where obviously there's there's inherent dangers there and it's like a lot of like it's fucking dirty and gross, it's um potentially like rotted and uh mold in those places. You potentially have like chemicals from old drug things going on in there. And you know, in my I don't know, in my uh, Brain, meth is like a newer drug. Like, was there a lot of like meth being made back in like the eighties and nineties? And these trailers were abandoned all the way back then.
1: I'm not saying every single trailer was maybe like a meth <laughs> station, but I'm saying I probably we've probably been in some that that looked like there's something going on there. But and yeah, a lot of these houses that we've been inside looks like they could have been some tweaker little station that a lot of these guys who didn't have homes would just go and and sleep at thank god they weren't in there when we went in there but if there was you can see how like the setup of the place is that it's like somebody used to live here and they did not own the property they did not pay for this property but they were there just the way the setup is and you see it a lot and so you're like
0: when you find a place like that you're like you're finding stuff from that person but then you're also finding Sorry, did you just hear clapping? No. Oh weird. It's the <laughs> mess dealers um, that come
1: coming to haunt us. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> so weird. I just heard clapping in my earphones. Um, so you're finding stuff from that person who squatted there, but then also stuff from potentially the
1: original owners of the house, right? Yeah, and what's even crazier that is that you could still find you could still find old shit that the squatters had when they were squatting there, and then you find old even older shit from the stuff that people that actually live there, which is Fucking insane, so I have a guest question uh,
0: it was it was from the real oh this is funny, the real amethyst rock star. Oh, I thought it said meth in there, but it's actually the real <laughs> amethyst rock star, <laughs> okay <laughs> they wrote how um, how do you make vandal connects? Do you know these people personally? I know the answer to this, but you can tell.
1: Well, here's the thing. There is times where we do we do uh, door knockings. I don't like to get too crazy into the of stuff because I'm not, you know, trying to uh, criminalize ourselves. But, you know what yeah, I mean? ourselves. But um, there are times when we do, you know, knock on doors and talk to these people and there's good shit that comes out of it. But when you see a fucking house that's a mile into the desert with nothing around, you don't know the person that owns there, really, to be honest. But it hasn't been touched in, who knows, maybe 70, 80 years. Nobody's coming back to that place. I don't think it's too crazy to say that you can go in there and maybe grab a couple and, pairs of yeah. jeans. And if they do come
0: back to that place, they're coming back with a dumpster, and they're going to put it all in a freaking blue bin and th- take it to the dump. So <laughs> it's kind of like this ar- this fashion archaeology that you're like saving these things that, you know, for the, for all better purposes will be going to the dump. But there's obviously two sides to the story. Yeah, I have another guest question from GS Vintage and Stuff. Oh, that's somebody in San Diego. Okay, what's the sketchiest thing that's happened while picking a bando? Man, let
1: me think. Um I think recently actually well, there's a couple stories. So I'll start with actually recently when I went out. I went out of state with my buddy uh Seth Skybox Vintage. Shout out him. He's also really great. I'm going to do a lot of shout outs hopefully throughout this whole thing to, you know, give everybody yeah. the props. But um, we were at a house and I had it on my story. It looks fucking wild. But how it was basically, there was a it was a two story house. And on the second story, there was it's a room, but it had no floor. And just beams of wood that did not look stable. Like, you know like, beams of, like, under the floors, there's always beams of wood that, like, are, like, in a cross-section. And yeah. on the other side of the room, you see a closet filled with clothes. Well, you can't. There's absolutely no floor. You just have to walk on these beams that don't look stable. Speaking of unstable beams. Man, <laughs> yeah, there's, like, a, dude, the meth they are coming back. I swear to God. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, fuck, We're still good. No, it's all good. Okay. Yeah. So it's just going to make the interview more interesting. It's okay. Um, so basically, we had, like, when you see like uh, a 10, like maybe a 20-foot gap between a floor you're standing on and a, cl- a closet filled with clothes with only like shitty wooden beams going to it that you have to basically tightrope across, but you want to get to that clothes, and there's no other way to get to it, that gets pretty sketchy. Because these beams have been sitting there for, some of these houses are, from early 1900s, so the wood cannot be that stable, you know. But if you yeah. want to get to the clothes, you gotta do shit like that. And um, I remember a, a story a long time ago. Also, when we got to the closet, it didn't have shit. So there's the end of that story. <laughs> and um, Nobody fell off the beam. Nobody fell off the beam. I, I had a video going just in case something would happen, but nobody fell off the beam. Um, and another story was when I like when I was hitting it with my buddy Christian, little Chris. Out of them again. Uh, over in the desert, where we ran into like a really crazy beehive in a house. and oh, fuck. We had fucking chased us all the way to the car, and we got bees in the car, and they were fucking. My buddy got like stung in the face, and we got stung. <laughs> and that was pretty fucking shitty, and he was, we were pissed. Because we also, dude, that's gnarly that because
0: if you get if you get pinned down by a swarm, you can die if you get oh, enough bites. 100%. Like, that shit'll put you like into you, shock.
1: Yeah. It was and we didn't find shit at the house so there was no point in even going in so that's always the worst too when what's your percentage like if of sh- of houses that come up empty there in different areas there's it's different and when for for the areas that I go to like this recent yeah, okay. trip I just went on you guys probably saw where we found the afterhood and stuff um it's actually just what fell down over there but um oh sick uh i thought you would have sold that nobody nobody came up on the on the offers eh? uh we did have or an are offer. you trying to keep it we did have an offer okay but unfortunately the guy backed out so that didn't help oh. too much and after he gave us a really great offer he backed out I don't have to get into it because we're still trying to talk to somebody right now i don't need to say any names but we're talking trying to talk yep. to somebody right now um about a little deal that we're going have going that we've been talking to since we found it the first day so we're gonna see where that goes hopefully in the next couple of weeks, it'll be, it'll, we'll get it to that person. But, um, cool. and you'll probably see who we get it to when it happens. So question like that
0: was obviously a big score. Afterhoods are pretty sought after pretty rare. And, and, and to me, they're just cool garments that people like us can appreciate. Cause we like see the, a lot of things you find that have value, like maybe like a pair of gab pants. You're like, this is rad. I know it's gonna be worth money, but you're like, not that hyped on it. But yeah. afterward, you get like, for me, I get fucking hyped on it. Oh, you know? I,
1: yeah, I was shaking when I pulled it out of that trash bag. You can probably see in the video. I was, my hands were like, <laughs> it was insane. I can imagine,
0: dude. That's so. That's so sick. I can tell so, yeah, the story back about to this when you want me too Yeah, tell the story. Okay, because
1: I don't know if a lot of people know about it, but. um, so basically me and my buddy were hitting houses, um, Seth skybox. And, um, we were, it was about, it was getting late. It was like four or five o'clock. The sun was going down and we're like, okay, we saw this house on this, on the, on like a mile off the road. And we're like, okay. So, and we were on our way to another spot and we're like, okay, so we're going to hit this house off the side of the road. And then we're going to go to that other house, call it a day and we're done. Cause the sun was going down. And we're like, we have to get back. It's getting really late. And so we stopped, walked them all over down the road to this house and we get in and it's a fucking old house. It's a really old house. The house is really old. I would say maybe 1920s or so. So, okay. um, are you getting like, good after all this, but like to date architecture, and date houses? Kind of. I like, I like dating the houses. Like when I see houses outside the road, I'm like, Looks 40s. Looks, 50. I might be fucking wrong. I'm just guessing, but I like to try. <laughs> That's cool, though. I like yeah. to try. Yeah. So, um, we've gone to this house. We could tell it was a really old architecture. So Inside was really old. Like the wood, old. The floor, oldish. Everything was old. And it was actually a, like a the big one of the biggest houses I've ever been in for like abandoned houses and maybe ever actually. It was a fucking massive house, like three stories. Like probably 15 rooms in this house. It was insane. Wow. Yeah, it seemed like there was more and more rooms. Like that, it, it, it went for like it went forever. We kept on finding rooms that we had no idea about, and so we were on this first floor. We were finding a couple of things, nothing super crazy, maybe like stuff from like the 60s and stuff. And there would just be like there was a lot of like there wasn't there was a lot of remnants of clothes, but not actual clothes, like scraps and stuff that we would find. Yeah. And um. We were going through this house. We were not We were finding cool shit, but nothing that was like super wow, you know? And then we get up to the third room, or third floor. It's the third floor. We're checking the third floor, looking through all the rooms, still not finding anything. And I swear, this is the last floor, last floor of the house in the last room that we check. There is a trash bag sitting in the middle of the fucking room, black trash bag that looks it's been sitting there for a pretty long time. And I see like some blue sweatshirt material on top, like hanging out on top. And I'm like, this looks like it could be like a sweat of some sort. And I'm like, yo, Seth, come here. Like this looks like it could be like, it was probably a lot more intense at the time. I was like, Seth, come here. Like, like there's, there's, there's something like there's something and this is something. Like I know this is something. And he was like, what? Like I was like, dude, there's like some sort of like sweatshirt thing in this bag. Like the bag was open and it was flattened in like, like as if it had been pushed down into the bag. Um, but the bag was still open. It was like folded, pushed, you know, like as yeah, if like totally. it was a bit ba- like it was pushed into a bale. You know what I mean? You've probably seen that. So, um, <laughs> I was like, Seth, come here. Like, there's something in this bag. And he was like, What? And I and then as I lift, I lifted, like a little piece of the thing. And I look and I see the fucking Afterhood on the thing right here. And I'm I put it down. And I was like, Seth, it's an, like I look at him. I'm like, Seth, it's an Afterhood. And he's like, Dude, you're fucking with me. Shut the fuck up, like. You're bullshitting me. He didn't believe me at all, like at all. And you can hear in the video. And then so, so what happened was I, um, I was like, all right, can you get, we need to get this on video. Like we're not, this is not going to happen ever again. I need to get this on video and need, we need to document this because who knows what's going to like, what we're going to pull out right now. Cause all I saw was that he was after it. I'm like, I didn't see any prints on it. I didn't see the, any, like any details on it. I just saw the little, the hood connected to the sweatshirt. That's all I saw. And I was like, yeah. oh shit. And he didn't believe me. So if you watch the video, you can see me going, pulling it out and going, I'm not even fucking joking, Seth. And I pull out the fucking afterhood and we just start freaking the fuck out. And then we end the video and we just start hugging and we're like, dude, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, we just found a fucking Afterhood. This is after we'd already had a really great day. I'm not going to lie. Like we had already found great dead, like dead 70s red lines, um, bunch of like 18, like... Early 1900s clothes. Like, we were already stoked on the day. So we're like, we were still not expecting. Like, we're like, okay, we had a good day. This is, a, we're not probably not going to find much at the end. And then this fucking happens. And we're like, almost cr- on the verge of crying how happy, like, and, like, in shock we are, you know? And it was probably one of the best moments I've ever had in a house. Like, probably one of the, like, the most, like, insane moments I've ever had. I, I, we found some crazy shit. Like, the, you probably saw the 20s, 30s Black Levi's. That was a pretty crazy find. But I think that just this one, just the way we found it, I don't know why. We just topped it. And the rest of the bag was fucking 80s clothes, which is even more insane. Are you serious? The rest of it the was 80s? The rest of the bag was 80s and one pair of USN, uh, like the USN sweatpants. The rest of the bag was fucking 80s that's crazy it's almost unbelievable but that's what happened. And i think about
0: that i'm like that was they probably cleaned out the house and that was like one bag they just forgot to like throw in the dumpster or some shit right because it's sitting in a garbage bag already what
1: else did that house have in it when it was like not super clean out? like i can't even imagine i can't even i don't really want to know that that sounds like a
0: mansion man no yeah so I was watching along when you were on that trip, and I was, I was like, I was calling Jesse. I'm, like, yo, this fucking guy just <laughs> found the fucking after us. Like, What the <laughs> hell? Bing. This is crazy. And then I saw you loaded your car, like, at least two times full from that trip, right? I probably more, like, four or five times. Yeah, like, that's crazy the amount of shit you got on that trip. So fruitful. Too much to even So rad back, to watch.
1: Yeah, it was, it was. We're, I'm going back soon. That's all I'm going to say. So be on the lookout.
0: <laughs> That's fucking so sick. Uh, congrats on that one. I want to know, like, what was your number one uh, denim score? Or maybe not on that trip, but of all time in that you found
1: digging? Um, let me think. We found... In a bando with my buddy, I th- I can't, this is a minute ago. I wish I still like, I have these videos still and maybe you could add a clip of it of us pulling them yeah. if I can find it. But um, it was with my buddy, uh, Christian, little Chris and Matt, the dude I told you about burn pit. And um, we found a pair, I think they were a pair of the, the green pocket flap Levi's at the world war II ones. You know which ones I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, we found yeah. One of yeah. those in the dirt, like in a pile of dirt behind a fucking sofa in a house without a roof, basically.
0: Yeah, I think I saw that video too, where it was like the floor was gone and it's all just dirt in some like trailer, or was that a house?
1: Um, I think it was a house. I can't, dude. It's it's been a minute since that happened, but I do remember finding that that those jerkies, They were pretty fucking crazy, like jerky tab with the with the green pocket flap, like. Well, only time I've ever really found those. And I think I've ever, I feel like you can barely even see those ever. Like those are really, early. To be honest, really early I player. can't
0: even remember if, if me and Jesse have ever even had a pair. If we did, it was so long ago that I didn't even book it. And I probably way. Talk fucked about unselling. You're selling. <laughs> <I'm>
1: just kidding. <laughs> we probably undersold yeah. those oh, two dude. to be honest. Like, but I mean, also, I don't know if I ever talked oh, about shit. the, the black advised one. They're, they're the, the, did I ever talk about those on here? No, you told me a different time, but let's tell the story here. Okay. So, um, me and my buddies there was this was I was with um a couple of my buddies, including Christian and Chris, and we were on our we, we had gotten uh Airbnb up in Humboldt and just with the homies just like having fun. And so we were on our way back from Humboldt driving through like a very foresty area. I can't even remember, and even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. Um <laughs> uh like a little foresty area and we saw like a little house off the side of the road and my buddy was like oh like none of us saw it and one of my buddies saw it and he was like oh that looks old like we should go check that out and we were like eh we don't know we don't know and we're like okay fuck it we're gonna go tore back around went to this house and so um we were going through the house And my fr- as soon as we got in we started noticing that there was calendars from like early 1900s books from like late 1800s in this house like there was old old shit And so we went up to the top floor and there was a little attic connected to this, this room in the top floor, little door. We opened it up. My buddy went in, sorry, my buddy went in, pulled out, put out a chest, like an old fucking chest behind like a, like a little like couch or something in the attic, very tiny attic too, really small, small, like half of my room size attic. And, um, he pulls out this chest. There's a fucking old ass quilt in this in this chest, probably 20s, 30s quilt, beautiful quilt, like beautiful condition. He was like, "Oh, shit. we're like, oh, this is fucking nice, great quilt." And I was like, "Dude, there's another, there's another chest behind there. Let's pull that one out. Let's see what's in there." And I, and and so we moved to the other chest out of the way. I went back there, pulled the chest out, and I opened the chest, and all that's well, the only thing in this chest is scraps of newspaper. And I swear on everything. One item of clothing. I cannot make this up. You can confirm with everybody else that I was with. It's pretty un- unbelievable when I say it now. One item of clothing. Pull it out. I was like, oh shit. It's like, these are old black pants. Like, they they seem pretty old. I'm like, oh, they're donut hole buns. And I was like, wait. Dude, these are fucking Levi's. They say Levi, Strauss, and co. On the fucking buns. Never seen this before. And we were like, and we're like, like four or five dudes in this little attic. We're all tripping out freaking the fuck out we're like dude what the fuck like never seen like we were we didn't know what we had found but we knew that they were like old and they had to have been worth something crazy so that was pretty crazy and um uh, we ended up selling those to ever and you probably you see them on their page they cleaned them up real nice they're going to sell them for so much more so good for this
0: that's awesome yeah it's funny like in the vintage world color is very important you know obviously that's like a rare pant but Black any a lot of things a lot of things in black, like it's more rare to find, especially back from that time period. Oh, yeah. Like even like seventies black jackets, you know, yeah. it's like you don't see you see like one to five hundred blue, so it's like they're worth way more black like clicker jackets or all these things in black, it's like it ups the value for Japanese sure. Japanese
1: guys love anything black. It's crazy. Like that that yeah. those pants are white, they wouldn't probably have not even been worth half the value. Because there yeah, isn't white model crazy. in those pants, so and that's kind of typical
0: for fashion now. Like if you look at what sells in a retail store, it's like black is ten to one always. Oh yeah. Uh in in sales. So it's just the way people I personally like go. black
1: over white. I mean I'm wearing white right now, but I like black so much more than white.
0: That's uh that's fucking rad. So besides besides clothing finds, tell us some like wild experiences like animals or uh potentially running into people or other things that have happened on these adventures
1: uh let me think so there's been times where we've been chased out of like by stray dogs stray dogs will just fucking chase us out of like houses that we're in and that's pretty scary when they're pretty big dogs and they look pretty rabid um let me try and think it's never fun to see like dead animals in houses like rotten dead animals that's never fun it's the skulls like i'm sorry if this is too much but like skeletons of animals, it's pretty oh, normal for it. It's it's pretty scary. Yeah. And then, um, fucking scorpions and shit. When you're in the desert, I hate scorpions and snakes so fucking much. Don't like them. And do you ever see rattlesnakes and shit? Yeah, not in houses that we've been in, but uh, maybe just off the side of the road and stuff. But we've yeah. been we've been in houses. So with scorpions. what's your kid? Yes, yeah, and scorpions can. They have venom, don't
0: they? If they stay, I don't like, care. They I don't want be to be bad. close to them either way. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like them. Do you, What's your kit like? What tools and equipment do you have typically going on these trips?
1: Um, you always got to have gloves, nice thick pair of gloves. Um, people say that you should have those. What are those? Those N ninety four. What are the big masks? I don't use those. Yeah, I, and- I feel like they're too. I don't like them. I just throw a banana on, and um. Okay. Always nice to have some really like nice, like double knee pants, like nice shit. Cause, Cause you, you're,
0: you're getting on your knees and you're yeah, like crawling you, you're, around. You're sure. in
1: the dirt digging like, like a dog. It's fucking, yeah. Especially in the desert. There's uh, everything's covered in dirt. Everything's covered in dust. Everything's, if you, we pulled some of our best shit out of like the deep depths of like five feet of shit all the way at the bottom will be where the best shit is. You know? uh yeah. Let me think.
0: Quick word from our sponsor. The Vintage is Stuff Podcast is brought to you by Bidstitch and Easy. Okay, guys. Bid Stitch has teamed up with Easy. It is a live selling platform. You can get on there, you can sell your gear. It's picking up a lot of steam. We're getting a lot more action on the app. So go get yourself an easy account. It's EZZE. Download it, tune in, buy vintage, sell vintage, have a good time. But I have a special announcement today. Bidstitch is launching its first ever flea the bid stitch flea in pasadena on march 4th if you want to learn all about that there's going to be a link down below for vendor signups and for more information if you want to be a vendor at the bid stitch flea in pasadena california march 4th click down below otherwise we want to see you there and we want you to come shop and have a great time so the bid stitch flea is going down march 4th link down below for all the info you're going to need see you guys there Another question I had is that you're saying you're digging this shit out of the dirt. You know, obviously this stuff's dirty, dirtier than your normal stuff you're going to find or donated clothing. So you must have some pretty like, you got to go wash all this shit and try to like bring some of this stuff back to life, right?
1: Yeah. There's been too many times where we've tried to clean a lot of good, good Levi's that we've, they're just no more. They just did this, this whole California weather of, of rain and then. And then heat and rain and sun and all this and all uh, causes so much mold, causes so much um, uh, dry rot in the clothes. The sun fades, the, the sun fade turns into just where you just, it's just worse than dry rot almost. It's like rips easier than paper. So um, that's always really shitty when that happens in these houses where we pull some crazy shit. But like at first it looks good, but it's, 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 it's there's no way you could like it's salvageable. It just disintegrates when you try to wash it. Like basically, like it falls apart completely. But a lot there's yeah you got to wash basically everything you unless it's like there's certain things where it's like like there's Levi's where we have pulled and they're like they're good but you really can't clean them anymore to where they they're good the way they are. You got to leave them the way yeah. they are or they're gonna get fucked if you the more if you do any cleaning. So. You let the next person deal with that when you sell it to them. It's funny. Some people, there's obviously different
0: styles and trends and, you know, obviously workwear looks cool when it's fucked up and dirty, right? Like that's part of the aesthetic of it. But then there's people that are like, this is not washed, whatever. You know, we don't really wash a lot of that stuff ever. I wash things that go into my store and stuff like that. But yeah, like that, all that wear shows character you know so some of the things should just be fucking left alone
1: yeah and this there's like there's yeah for sure unless you really got to you can you can really just be very like fragile with it you gotta you gotta just hand wash certain things if you want to make it you know because there are some stuff that's like really gnarly stained and like it's really going to be hard to sell if you unless you get the stains out but the rest of the garment yeah. is great so there, there's those times where you just got to, like, hand wash stuff or soak it in oxy. But even oxy can fuck shit up sometimes. And, like, there's been way too many times where shit just disintegrates, turns into nothing when you put it in oxy. Because it's been sitting under a pile of dirt for fucking 67 years and hasn't been touched in forever. But once it hits water for the first time or hits some sort of mixture, it's going to fucking get destroyed. So you don't really know what's going to happen when you put it in that oxy bucket. But you're just hoping for the best.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, let's talk about Durango and the, the Levi's purchase. So, you know, that was a big, big moment for you spending a ton of money on a pair of jeans. You and your friend, uh, zip went in on them together. Um, first of all, like, yeah, give us your take on the whole Durango fest.
1: Um, Durango was sick. Durango was sick. It's definitely like something that happened that I'm never gonna forget for the rest of my life. And I guess I think a lot of other people would agree with me that that was probably the fucking craziest thing they've ever been to. Like it was like it wasn't even like we were selling clothes at, at one point. Like like it wasn't like like that's not even why we were there. It yeah, was totally. part of it, but it's like you almost forget with all this other shit going on that like we're here to like sell clothes and whatever, but. It was like literally the best of everything, and sometimes it was the good, worst of good everything. vibes. There was Getting some crazy to know shit. Everybody, and it's like, yeah. So, like, what? What crazy shit? I mean, you know about the fucking denim Olympics? That shit was crazy. The fucking pile. Oh yeah, Den- I mean, yeah. I didn't even really participate in denim Olympics. I was. I don't know what I was doing. Probably still buying shit. But, um, the pile was crazy.
0: That went off, and that was like that I was went off more than I expected. Insane. It was such a spectacle to behold. People were just going crazy. And I think, um, what was that one guy's name that got the bucklebacks in the end? Oh, uh, yeah. Monday Market? Vintage. Monday Market got yeah. the bucklebacks. Shout out to was him. Hyped. That food was sick. He was a beast. And there's that other guy, Roots of Indigo, I think his yeah, name is out of New York. He was too. the first one to go in. It's fun. actually funny. Shout out Roots of Indigo. He came up to me at that event and he's a model. I don't know if you knew that. He's yeah, we for, like, follow Calvin each other Klein. on Instagram now. Yeah, yeah. And my high school buddy, Ari, is his agent. That's fucking crazy. Like, actually found... So my high school buddy, Ari, who I keep in touch with, actually found him and, you know, was like, do you want to be a model? And he's his agent and got him started. So he came up to me and was like, yeah, I know your buddy. Super random. That's sick. But he was the first one in there going crazy. I think they underestimated the amount of work it was going to be to, like, pull all that shit out of the pots. It was, like, I think it was
1: pissing me off sometimes where people were just, like, nitpicking shit, and it's like, dude, like, I don't know if you've ever been to, like, people know about how estate sales work, but when you see a whole box of shit, you don't nitpick it. You grab the whole fucking box, and you take it. Like, you don't do no nitpicking. That's how it should, like, I don't think they realized that at first, but then after time, people were like, dude, grab the whole fucking box, and I think that's when they started to be like, oh, shit. Like, I need a... oops. I'm like, oh, shit. Step, like, step up the game. Step yeah. up and just start grabbing everything I see and just throw it in the pile because that's what the other guys were doing. So uh, the auctions, we
0: watched the auctions every night. They kind of like got better and better throughout the weekend, right? There was like three three nights of auctions. I missed yeah, the first one, but...
1: There was a thir- well, there was a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Yeah, there was an extra night... Well, the event didn't start till Friday but they did an auction on Thursday night where they just had people throw in shit and just auction which was pretty cool. I w- I got there Thursday night but I got too drunk and I didn't participate in the auction. So, did you put anything in any of the auctions? Uh no. I no, didn't. Okay. I probably should have, but I didn't. It's okay.
0: So, going into that that auction for the the 1800s Levi's, did you have any anticipation that you were going to bid on them? Like, did you even think you were going to go in and bid on these jeans when you, when the auction started?
1: No, I didn't at <laughs> all. I think it was probably like once, it's crazy to think about, but even like, it wasn't until they'd gone to like maybe like 55 or, because didn't Sam throw down to 50,000 or something like that? Yeah, it was, like, 50 or 60 that he he got the peer pressured into, like,
0: coming up on that bid. Yeah, Everyone was, okay, like, hyping him Sam up. Sam is
1: such a G. I love that dude. But um, yeah. it wasn't until, like, after that. I think I was like, mm, I don't want to bid all these jeans. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and I was th- – Zip was sitting right in front of me, and um, I was like, I feel like these should be going for more right now. I was like, I feel like this is – we're not in an environment where these can reach maximum maximum value. And I don't know if you heard, but apparently the online system stopped working. So the online bidders couldn't bid, which helped our case for sure. Cause I think somebody bid higher than, I think somebody bid 80,000 online, but it never even went through to the auction auction house. No way. Yeah. That's what I heard. I'm not sure if if it's, if it's true, but apparently that's what happened. And like everybody that was bidding online, was none of the bids were going through, and it, so it was basically just the people in that room, which is honestly pretty rad. People that were just in that room were going against each other, so that was cool. I didn't. So for I people that know. don't know this,
0: this auction's been talked about a lot, but can you can you describe these jeans to everybody?
1: So they're eighteen uh, eighties uh, Levi's from eighteen eighties Levi's, and they're buckle backs, uh, one pocket with the cloth patch on the back. I haven't even looked at them in a long time, to be honest. But um, oops,
0: they have and a w- lot do you do you remember like the provenance of like where where they came from?
1: mine, I think. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. Who is it? Mike something? It Mike. was yeah. It's Britt's body that found them, and Mike. then Britt bought them off. Yeah, Britt bought them off him. I'm not sure how much he paid. He's
0: the guy that has the book called like Denim of the Old West or something. Yeah, right?
1: out, I forgot his name. I'm sorry, I forget. I'm forgetting his last name. But shout we'll, out to him. we'll we'll get his yeah, name and put do. it on the screen. Yeah. Highest respect to that guy for finding those fucking genies. They're insane, and all the people that dig in the mines and find those—that's fucking insane. Whole another league than fucking Bando picking because that shit's way scarier. I don't think I would ever really do that. I don't. I think I might have too much claustrophobia for that. So much respect to the people that hit the mines and pull out crazy shit like that. But they do pull out some crazy shit. So yeah, rip bottom off him and then put him in the auction and we got him. Yeah. And uh where well, they went for $76,000 76, and
0: you and Zip were the were the winners you were 90%, Zip was 10, correct? Yes. So um I want to ask about that too like did your friendship with Zip start obviously you've met him at the Rose Bowl and other events and shit like that like seems like you guys are like reasonably close if you're buying these things together so how does that how is that friendship like materialized
1: um so it's how i met zip just through selling at flea markets as i do a lot of my buyers a lot of my close like friends now um and he would just buy shit off me like you know just like denim they call him the denim doctor so he'd buy all the denim buy whatever he had clientele for and then i don't know i think i would see him around talk to him a lot every time I see him just talk about just random just day-to-day shit or just like random stuff just like about our lives and stuff and then um at the time of Durango we weren't like crazy crazy close I feel like but we were close enough to where I felt comfortable doing putting in the money with him but now we've definitely grown a lot closer and I'll go every weekend whenever I go to LA I'll, I'll try and stop by the shop and and hang out with him and we'll just talk about what we've got going on, what we want to do with the jeans. Like this year, we talk about the, like where we want to take them. And, um, one to mention, I want to mention that we might have them. We're in the talks of like trying to get maybe a booth of inspiration and bringing them out there. So maybe for display. So I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but we've been talking about that. So, and there's some other stuff in the future that we have planned for these, but, um, you'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've known, I've known zip for a long time too. Same, same deal. Just buying from us for years and years and yeah. years. As Rose Bowl, he's so he, the Denim Doctor business he has, where he he obviously sells denim, but he does like really high end repairs yes. on denim. I've
1: gotten some good. So repairs you can take, too.
0: yeah, you can take your jeans there if you have like this pair of jeans that you love, vintage pair, even a new pair. I think he'll do. No, wait, anything. If you just love a pair of jeans, he'll make you the best repair that you won't even be able to tell it's there. for like any style that you want, really. Yeah super cool business he also has this business called hollywood trading that's like leather goods leather manufacturing
1: like studded belts and yeah. wallets and bags and stuff right have you heard about how they're, they're about to do a uh uh collaboration with supreme i'm not sure if you saw that that's fucking yeah crazy. he said he sent
0: me that which i thought was really
1: cool so shout, and shout out again. him that's for doing crazy. that crazy like that's that's a oh, that's big that's big i think yeah, it's great for him,
0: and we know that like Supreme references so much vintage for all their stuff. Oh yeah. mostly like '90s and 2000s. But this is another cool way that like the vintage world is like infiltrating Supreme with him doing this collab. And he sent me the pictures. They're like, yeah, it's it's. I think it's belts. I think it's like a keychain, a leather belts, keychain, keyfob. and like a leather yeah, wallet. Keychain, right,
1: the wallet is what I want. The wallets are fucking. I always like. I like the like the animal kind of print stuff. Like the. I think they're doing like a cow print and like a. I forgot what the other ones are, but that little like animal kind of print stuff, I think it was going to, it's going to look really sick with the studs. So you guys should go check it Hell out. Yeah. If you haven't seen it. Yeah. So shout out, shout out
0: zip. And, uh, congrats to you for doing that. That was a crazy, crazy move. I imagine bidding on those jeans was, was, uh, very nerve wracking and exciting and adrenaline yeah. and all the feelings.
1: And you just got to sack up and do it if you want, you know, you just got to like, you, you got, that that's kind of like what i felt in the moment you just gotta you know if you fucking want to put your name out there too it's a there's so many things like we're buying the jeans but there's so many things that's going along with this purchase of the jeans it's like we're not just spending that money it's not going just towards the jeans but it's going towards pr marketing all this other shit that comes along with it gives me more clientele which helps me make more money and sell more shit it's 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 an investment in a lot of separate things not just the jeans you know Putting my name in Wall Street Journal. Tarpe cool.
0: DM Seize the day. Yeah, exactly. I fucking love it. It's smart. It's we we talk about this and we I might have probably talked about this with you, but you just bought the ultimate chum. We call chum the cool things you hang on your Rose Bowl booth. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you bought the ultimate chum for the world that like brings people into your business.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah. You it's know? the chum, it's the chum for my Instagram, chum for my name, chum for Everything, yeah, chum. I'm going to start using that now. I like that.
0: (laughs) Like throwing it in the water for the sharks, man. It's the fucking chum. And you have the ultimate chum of anybody. So congrats on that. Super rad.
1: Thank you, yeah. And
0: it's good for you for seeing that because a lot of people wouldn't have seen that. And they just look at it value to
1: value, dollars to dollars, right? If you look at uh, the Instagram comments are fucking insane how extensive they are for everybody's fucking opinion on what they think about these jeans. And it's like they're only thinking about, oh, these jeans are not worth this much. Or like like people are like people like like it's so have you, you probably have read some of them. It's like seventy-six dollars for a pair of jeans, like my grandpa owns a pair of these. Like, bro, shut the fuck up. People don't know what they are. <laughs> they don't know they don't know the significance of, of what they these jeans fucking are and like how important they are to the history of denim and everything else that goes along with it. Like it's just it's funny to see people from an outside perspective. I mean and there's been times where I want to say something back, but I haven't. So.
0: Yeah. Don't engage no, with trolls. I have it. I have it. It's, it's uh Levi's started the vintage game. Levi's will always be the dominating brand of the vintage world. Yeah, it's just never going to change. Right. It's never going to change. So like that's a artifact. It's a piece of history. It's a, it's like the ultimate piece of fashion history. So I don't think you can look at it for dollars to dollars. Um, you know, it's crazy to that that posting those jeans like that's the most viral my account ever went because i posted I saw just that. the real you guys
1: went crazy. i was like holy
0: fuck and then i was getting hit up by fucking like i got hit up by complex to repo they reposted it i got hit up by fucking fox news dude they hit me up and were like can we use this clip i'm like yeah as long as you give us give us credit uh like and then all these other fucking random fashion accounts were, were using it mm-hmm. like that clip went crazy because it's like the shock value of it.
1: It worked out for all of us. Potentially. It's awesome. I'm glad you guys got some shit out of it too. That's fucking amazing. And you guys were the ones that were there and did all the fucking filming and did the interviews and you guys put in the work and it paid off and that's fucking sick.
0: Yeah, exactly. For sure. That was, that was, that was cool, man. That was super fun. And I, I think that event, you know, it it allowed, uh, like I just had a fun time. Like you were saying, it was like an experience you won't probably have again. Mm -mm. Got to hang out with all these people that, I only ever see in like a business setting. Yeah. And then you finally get to just chill with them. And like, it's like, whoa, we're, I don't have to rush this or don't have to like try to sell you something right now. I'm just here to like, hang have out fun. and
1: just post up, have fun, drink and smoke. It's, it's sick. And you got like Eric junkyard. Didn't he do a fucking, didn't he go off the fucking slide?
0: Yeah. He when said he it, man.
1: That? Hey, shout out junkyard jeans, Eric. When the fuck <laughs> are you ever going to see Eric go off a fucking sl- a slip and slide? that's exactly that's bad. what Durango is right there that's what Durango yeah. is we're gonna
0: put a, we're gonna put a clip of that on the screen <laughs> yeah, so please, everyone can see please. it because it was fucking rad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so another topic I kind of want to touch on so now you're like you've your business has evolved you know we talked about the beginnings of thrifting and then the bins and then it was 90 stuff and now it's like now it's $76,000 Levi. Okay. so you know transition you obviously crazy. have to you, transition is super crazy and we're seeing, like, a movement of of people into True Vintage, which is rad because it it helps the values, but it also keeps events like Inspiration or L.A. Rendezvous, like, going. Yeah. Because for a moment, I feel like there was some stagnation in, like, that world, you know, maybe, like, five years ago or so. Obviously, there's always trends within True Vintage, too, just like there is with, like, every other fashion sector, right? Like... Certain things are up, certain things are down. But one question I want to touch on first was when you're buying from people, do you set like a margin value that you need to hit? Like say you you find a pair of denim and you're like, okay, if I'm going to buy it, I got to double my money or I got to triple my money or I got to make a percentage. Like how do you look at that when you're out buying things? Because now you're playing with more money, more capital, more risk.
1: Yeah. I think for a long time I've been wanting – I. Like I'd say, maybe up until like half of like six months ago, I was just buying anything I could make money on, like literally anything I make money on. Like then that like I'm like, oh, I can make. So if you
0: if you spend two hundred and you can make a hundred, you're you're good with that. Spend two hundred, like, make
1: oh. fifty bucks. I don't give a shit. I'll buy it. Okay. If I knew okay. I could buy it and I could make money on it for sure, I'll buy it. If there, I'll buy something. I was buying even ninety shit. I'll buy if I knew that I could make. I'm just getting low on battery. If, if I knew I could, um, make a little bit of money on anything, like if I got something for $15 off somebody and I'm like, this is for sure worth at least 30, I'll buy it. I don't give a shit. I'll make $15. $15, a hundred times that shit adds up and you, you're making money. People always want to go for crazy shit, which I am a little bit st- trying to do now is trying to like be more selective about when I buy like more high end stuff or, you know, stuff that, um, I can, uh, you know, the people would want to see my booth, that I know I can sell to like either a Japanese buyer, or I already know I have for sure clientele on it. I'll buy it. I'll be more inclined to buy yeah. that stuff and skip all the other stuff. But um, I have no problem uh, buying something for two hundred and making two fifty. But always the plan is to make. Like I just bought a pair of um, really nice uh, late forties Levi's. I paid eight fifty. And I sold them for $3,500. So you sometimes get stuff like that where it's like, that don't happen often. But when you have that, yeah. you're able to do like, you know, buy for 200 sell 250 It's okay. It all adds up. It's all money yeah. that you're making. It's all adding up and it's all going to give you more capital and buy more shit. You just can't be scared to do it. But I understand why people would be a little bit thrown off to do it if they're you know, don't have as much capital. I'm not saying I'm fucking rich as shit. I'm saying I'm comfortable with spending 200 to make 250, 300. I don't need to make crazy, crazy margins on certain things because that's still yeah. money for me. And how do you, uh,
0: how do you stay current on on price trends? Because price trends fluctuate so quick, mm-hmm. man. It's like it's it's hard for me to stay up on it. How do you like? Do you just, do you just like have it all up in your, in your head? Like, you know, this, this is, I think I can double, triple this
1: one and I'm going to
0: go for it. Like, how do you stay up on it?
1: Um, I don't know. Sometimes I'll just buy something and hold on to it and then we we'll just wait till it goes up and, um, then I'll sell it or you're right, dude. Price trends are getting pretty crazy with like a pair of like, like mohair. Mohair is a really good example. Because about two months ago, Mohair was fucking ins- two months to like a month ago, Mohair was fucking insane. All the Japanese wanted them; they couldn't even stand your racks for more than thirty minutes if you brought them out at Rose Bowl. And now, shit's going down, and now it's you're, it's hard to sell them for like two fifty, three hundred. Like people, like you're you're. I brought like I've seen people bring whole racks of shit out to out to Rose Bowl, a bunch of Mohair and barely any of, it, any of it sells. So shit like that is a good example. And it's always... Sort of, why, why do you think that's because? Because that was seasonal? Like, that they all wanted it for fall? That's then... very possible, but it's just funny how all a lot of our prices are reflected by how Japan Japanese sell their stuff. Like, if the price in Japan yeah, goes down, the price in the U.S. goes down. Unless you want to sell it to another U.S. buyer, which is possible, but then once people start to realize that they can't sell it to Japanese for that high, that might lower the prices, and then that changes the market completely and it's just like a whole fluctuation of shit and especially going it's happening a lot with denim it's happening a lot with um just like there's a lot of stuff that's just like every every week is changing like it could just even be the problem is like with with that mohair
0: uh example it's like say the price is x say it's 500 bucks for like a good mohair right and then and then you are out you're out there buying them for $250, 300 bucks because you're like, I'm gonna or even four hundred bucks, you're like, I'm gonna make hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. And then the price drops next month and you're like, Shit, now I bought all these things for the overvalue because the price drops so suddenly yeah. and then you're stuck with shit. So you have to if you're if you're out spending that kind of capital investing, like you, you really have to try to stay on top of it as much as you can, or you can lose your shirt sometimes. Yeah.
1: There's times where I lose money on shit. You can't you gotta get paid to the game if you 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 never know when shit's gonna drop in value, so you just but you just gotta hope that it will. But it's crazy. Just like, go
0: go hard, go hard, so you don't have to worry about it. And if you take a small percentage of losses, it's not gonna yeah, affect it's you fine, too fine, But bad, you know? it's,
1: it's not. There's no point in just sitting on it for. It. And also, people don't. This is the funny thing. Another reason why I like to turn and burn shit because if I'm turning and burning something, and let's say this other person has the same item and they want to get full value and then the next week the shit drops in value and like terribly, then they're gonna be fucked. And I don't have the item anymore. I'm good. Japanese can can deal with that that price drop. I don't have to. <laughs> like I'm I'm yeah, worried totally. about the next thing that I'm getting in to try hoping that so I can and then sell that quick before the because people do this. It happens all the time. Happened with t shirts, dude. These fucking 90s t shirts people are yeah. buying on, on Lies for Five thousand, ten thousand, dollars dollars whatever, $2,000 and shit's worth like four or $500 maybe now and they're like stuck with it and it's fucking and it's because either they didn't want to sell it or like they just held on to it but the market is just crazy the way stuff is fluctuating and how t-shirts are so low right now, it's great that vintage is like old shit is a lot higher right now and I think t-shirts are, I could see t-shirts coming in a little bit more but I don't really want them to hopefully. I just want this old shit to stay, 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 stay where the money's at. Another quick break
0: to bring you a word from me, the man behind the podcast, Drew Heifetz, and how you can support this show. Couple ways you can support this show: you can jump on the Patreon for five bucks a month, and I drop weekly uh, tidbits on there that help you grow your vintage business. And this week, what I'm going to be dropping on there is my cross-listing experience, okay? I'm gonna drop all the information you're gonna need to know to cross-post your items from eBay to Grailed to Etsy to Shopify and do it all easily and seamlessly. I'll give you guys all of my tricks that I use and all the things that I've learned and what not to do because you can waste a lot of time trying to figure out cross-posting integration. So I'm gonna drop... um my full guide to cross-posting integrations. If you're going to post on one, why don't you post on all? That's why I always say, catch more fish with one stone. I don't know. Whatever the saying is, you get the point. So that's going to be on the Patreon this week. And I also drop lots of other things on the Patreon, but you can click down below and check it out. But this week, it's going to be all the information you need to cross-post on all the online websites on there. The other way you can support this show is simply by shopping at fisandfrankvintage.com. And as always, you get 25% off for the listeners with code VTG and stuff. Go shop the website. Click here. Click up there in the corner or something or down below in the uh, bio and go. Grab yourself some dope vintage, 30% off. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate the listeners of the show big time. Check out the Patreon and shop com. You know, we see in in fashion and and vintage is no different than regular fashion. We see trends all the time in like styles and what's popular. You know, denim goes up in value as the trend goes up, or sometimes like hippie fashion will be up or rockabilly will be up like what are you seeing in in trends on um, in vintage right now
1: um rockabilly i think is going up a little bit i personally think rockabilly is going up. i think a lot of the stuff like that like the old gabardine stuff and everything like that is going up i'm able to sell it a lot easier um That's dope. i think denim red lines going. red lines are a lot up right now i remember last year i could only sell them for 150 now i'm buying them to resell at 150 um, nice. which is pretty crazy. And, um, what else? Um, mohairs been on and off, been doing pretty well. Patchwork stuff is great. Like that. That shit's going up. Um, old sweats have been going down and I think they're going back up again, which is great. Uh, there was a time where I was having trouble selling old sweats for a hundred bucks. Now, some of them I can get like a lot more money on. Um, what about you? What, do you? what do you think? Like, I know it's my interview, but I want to hear your yeah, take Yeah, what do I think? Uh,
0: fuck. Uh, I don't even know, man, as far as that stuff. I don't see enough of it. I'm not like that connected. You know, I didn't even know sweats were going down. I thought sweats were still on the rise, but maybe they're well, they coming went, back. Well, I'm saying
1: they went down maybe like a, couple, like a couple months ago. I feel like they were down a little bit, but now they're back up. And even like Levi's like, like I mean, I know, jockeys. I know vintage Patty
0: has gone up a lot, which is yep. crazy. Patty's going because up like a I've lot too. Seen, I don't really, let's see, it's weird. I don't really follow prices that in depth because like the Patty shit, I just keep, but then once in a while I'll try to sell a piece and I'll have to like figure out the value. But I did notice the prices have gone crazy on that.
1: Lee stuff is going up too. Like Lee riders, a lot of Lee riders going up. Like I just saw. That's dope. Um, I just had a 91B jacket that I sold for a good amount and I just looked on eBay. One of them just went for fucking $1,200, which is insane to what they probably went for a, a year ago, maybe like half of that. So, I used to get those
0: so often, man.
1: Salt and pepper stuff I think is doing pretty good. A lot of just early denim stuff, like biker, biker and studded stuff, studded stuff with stuff with studs any like old hippie stuff with studs, biker stuff with studs, shit's going up. Um patterns like animal print patterns are going up. There's a lot of if you look I feel like you can really kind of see the trend of stuff the like the the higher cows who post the stuff like that changes the market. It's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you
1: think that like all the American
0: uh younger generation getting involved in this is is bringing up values on anything?
1: Yeah. Because I think, I don't know, I think that's where the sweatshirt thing plays in. Because all these kids who start out doing true vintage, all they want is, like, old sweats now. So, I think them buying those is helping the price go up a little bit. And that's also, I think, the same thing with mohair. Like, um, all these kids who starting to do true vintage want to wear fucking mohair because they, I don't know, want to look like Kurt Cobain. So, that's why shit went up, too. And, you know, in Japan, yeah. too. A lot, a lot of what people wear in Japan... And what they like is, is affecting our prices too. It's pretty crazy to think about, but like if people in Japan are starting to want to buy mohair more, than mohair in the U.S. were able to get more because a lot of the prices that I would get for my mohair and stuff like that would beat the Japanese buyers. So whatever they were paying is kind of like what market was and what I would be able to set my prices at. And that goes along with denim and like anything else really that you're like trying to figure out the market on it really is affected by like what Japanese buyers are paying because sometimes they'll pay the top dollar for a lot of sh- for certain items that Americans won't pay anywhere close for.
0: Yeah. I bought one of my favorite things from you was the Rob Rothkopf shirt. Remember mm-hmm. that?
1: Yeah, I wonder what that shirt's worth That was like on <laughs> <laughs> uh, the house, too. Yeah, That was down in the house? Sick! Yeah, that was on the house. We found that in Fucking the house Fucking gangster. I, if I can remember correctly, I think we found a bunch of old surf skate shit in that house. Like, we found... Old Stussy, we found a board signed by—I don't remember. We sold it to some guy, um, Dusty. Shout out Dusty at Rolls, but you might know Dusty. He's at storage units. He's awesome. But fucking full team signed skateboard with—is like, he like um, the longer
0: hair dude, tall yes, guy? Yes,
1: oh, I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, create like uh, Christian Hazoy, um, Tony Hawk, uh, Damn Lance Mountain, all these fucking top old eighty skaters signed this board and i think we found that in the same house as the rob roscoff right rob roscoff is that how you say it yeah totally yeah. yeah um i missed that shirt yeah that shirt's sure sick uh
0: i think i paid you like five bills for it so it wasn't like cheap but it, i think i was happy to get it because i didn't have one and You're i sure was right. like I this one paid me more than that <laughs> i did i pretty sure maybe like <laughs> no i don't you said it
1: was the most expensive thing you, you said the t-shirt you ever bought so maybe yeah, maybe but I, but dude, I don't pay a lot, man. Okay, okay, <laughs> I'm okay, cheap, okay. I'm cheap. Compared oh, yes. <laughs>
0: to. I mean, it, it would have been around like five to seven. It wasn't much more than that, but, um, yeah, I was stoked on getting that one. Um, uh, I want. What about you? What do you collect? Like, what stuff do you keep? Obviously, you know, it's probably rotating wardrobe. But is there anything that you're like, you know, is that stuff behind you part of your collection, or is that just stuff that's kind of waiting for a buyer?
1: Um, I like stuff like that. You want me to bring it down and show you real quick? I haven't posted it yet, so sure, yeah. you. nobody's seen this yet. I'll, be, I'll show you. It's its really fucking cool. So this, you might have seen this on Instagram. I had to buy this off somebody. I haven't posted it yet, but and this is kind of giving it away, but it's okay. So this is a Wrangler jacket, and I'm fucking in love with fully patchwork stuff, like very, very 70s hippie shit, and this thing is, like, insane. I, I, don't, I fucking love shit like this. Like, you can't even see, like, the denim on the jacket. It's fully patchworked. Like, yeah, every single place you look. And if you even flip the cuffs, there's patches under there. Like that. It's a great patch right there. It says, sexual extension. But, every, yeah, shit like this. And also, even the thing I'm wearing right now is pretty great. I like shit like this. I don't want to give it away because people are going to start buying them and trying to fucking tax me on them. But um, <laughs> old print shirts like this from the 50s and the 40s i'm really into was like cool really cool Now i have an example right here too stuff like this i'm really in love with cool um old like prints like this with like just random novelty stuff like surfers and whatnot you might have seen me you can put up on the screen the old surfer prints i've had in the past and um super yeah, totally. into this kind of stuff like old novelty shit like very rockabilly very um I don't know. It's cool. Like pull over sh- shirts like this with like. Yeah. That one like almost has
0: like the short sleeve sweatshirt cut to it. Right. Yeah. Those old ones. Have you seen those like day glow ones that were like yep. neon colors? We pulled colors those and...
1: out of a house and I regret reselling that too.
0: Yeah. Those are crazy. Yeah. That stuff's super hard to find. I love that patchwork. You know, that's like folk art in a sense, right. Where somebody's taken a cool piece of clothing and made it their own. And now it's like this thing that you can never replicate exactly it's like yeah really personalized and you
1: got to think about the person that owned it too like that how fucking uh, like dude probably was on acid every single day Is probably (laughs) the sickest dude ever
0: hell yeah that's awesome did you have you found
1: much hippie leather in your digging like east west and stuff like that um hi surprisingly i wish but i've never found an east west i want to i really do um i feel
0: like yeah you would come up on that shit doing what you're doing that's, That's just cool. um Yeah, for sure. And so, Denim, obviously. Talk- I like Denim a
1: lot. So as you can tell, yeah. I'm very in love with Denim. I as much <laughs> as I love Levi's, I'm way bigger fan, I think, of Lee. I know I was fucking about those stupid jeans, but Lee has always been my thing. I don't know why. I've always liked the fit of Lee. I think I like Lee Denim. I think it's honestly sturdier than Levi's denim. Um Lee is great. Lee's great. Lee. So what's cool. the oldest Lee pair of jeans you've had? Um, I have a like crotch rivet 40s pair. I, the, the the oldest pairs that I have are the ones that I wear. So I have like two pairs of like 40s crotch rivet ones. Um, are they center tag? Yeah. Two pairs, not cowboy or anything, but they're, I think they're one-on-one Zs. Um, and okay. those are great. And I have a nice, uh, fifties, like I have a good, some good fifties Lee jackets that I, I, all, a lot of my Lee that I own, I, I wear, like i that's, I wear Lee more than like, I don't even wear 501s to be honest. Like, very rarely. I like Lee Riders more than anything, saying Those are – they have better fits and everything from how my body type is. I got long legs, so at least always long. That's
0: awesome, dude. What's that – is that an army chore jacket behind you? What's that jacket on the wall?
1: Oh, uh, this one. So, this uh, – we found – this is a boss. So, it's boss. So, there's boss on the road, which you probably know about for sure. Yeah. Which is the two elephants that are pulling the – I think they're pulling the jeans – on the tag yeah and this is actually called boss and it's just as rare i'd say and it just has it's like a, i'll show you i'll bring it down the tag is really cool we found this one in the house there's a video i can i can try and find it and send it to you before you post the podcast but I sure, yeah. well, there's video of me pulling this out of a closet in a house with like some really old like chevrolet coveralls and um this is a really cool brand i'll show it to you right now so
0: it's actually a different brand than boss of the road
1: would you say it's a different brand Yeah. Yeah, it's a different brand. It's 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 it's, it's a whole different brand. It's from the thirties. I'll show you the tag. It's a really cool tag. Give me a second. All right. So I got a bit mixed up. This one is, I think, Boss on the Road. So it has this one is the one with the elephants pulling pulling the tag. So there's Boss, which is the one with the with the Bulldog, and this is Boss on the Road where it has the two elephants pulling the pulling the pair of jeans right there. With the, and that's like a one pocket them.
0: or two, a two, two pocket. This, is or a, what? this
1: one's a two pocket, they're holding on for dear life, but it's a two pocket. And what's crazy about nice. this one is that they used a bunch of different janky buttons. This one's like a Reese button, you can see that Sick. Reese button right there. And then right here is a World War One, uh, US Army zinc button that's also pretty cool. And all the all the buttons are different. And uh, um, love it. Yeah, we that's had this one awesome. at Durango, you might have seen it, but this is really cool. The denim on it's fucking insane. And, um, yeah, this is one of my, one of my favorite finds as well. Finding, pulling this one out of just like a regular closet was really weird, but also really cool. Yeah, totally. Yes.
0: So how was, uh, rendezvous last weekend, big weekend, you had rendezvous
1: and you had Rose Bowl. Yeah. And you had all the fresh
0: stock from the trip, right?
1: Yeah. So that was great. Um, it was great. I sold a lot of stuff that, uh, I've been hoarding there's a lot of stuff that I don't post that I've been hoarding for a really long time. And, um, I just decided to bring all that out and I sold all of it, which I'm kind of bummed about. Cause just, it was just gone in a weekend. I barely, like, I haven't, haven't seen it in like a couple months. It's just been, I have a little box in my room that I just start stacking stuff into. That's like my gnarly gnarly all shit. And I just bought it out for the weekend. Now it's gone. So hopefully I'll just get more, but, um, you got to fill
0: it up again, but your bank yeah. account's
1: fat. So yeah, I was stoked. I, yeah. And good buyers, lots of good buyers. If Anybody has great shit. I mean, you don't have to have crazy, crazy shit, but if you have cool shit and you want to bring it, there should be another. I think it's once a year, right? Um, Rendezvous. You know, wants, yeah, right. I thought they do it twice a year. I thought he was doing maybe a couple. Of maybe them. it is. Maybe it is another one like September. I think he. You might be right or something like that. But if anybody, so has that good that was shit, the fr- that was the first time you did it. Then that's the first time I've done it. I've been selling at Rose Bowl for like five, six, five years, and um, I normally just do that. I normally was doing Rose Bowl. And I was doing Long Beach. I don't now all I do is Rolls Bowl, but this is my first time doing like a high end event, like with like you know lots of like high end buyers, but probably some more like there was definitely some famous people that rolled through like how the creator was there, so that was pretty Sick. cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a so I do question. More like that. Uh, did uh.
0: So, you, yeah, you you're, are you doing Inspiration? You said you have talked to Zip about potentially just bringing out the jeans for display. Are you going to set up a booth at Inspiration?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm planning on doing it, whether it's with Zip or a couple of my other buddies who've been talking about it too. But um, I'm, we're talking to one of the event planners right now, and we've been texting them, and So we're going to see uh, if we can get a nice little booth there, probably a good spot. And well, the plan is to bring out the jeans and maybe have, that out, have them out for display. Can't touch them, but for display.
0: Yeah, did you um, go to Inspiration back when it was on? Never pre-COVID? been to
1: Inspiration. I've wanted to. Okay. And um, before COVID, I wanted to, but I just don't think I ever got the chance. But now, yeah. Like I've shopped at Rendezvous, but this is my this is my first time selling at Rendezvous. So, but I'm not sure what kind of the vibe is at Inspiration. I know it's inspir- called Inspiration for a reason. There's a lot of designers and a lot more high end, higher up people in uh, the fashion industry that come and shop so if they see something with a cool design that they'll just buy for whenever you want that might be cool (laughs) yeah totally
0: yeah it has that vibe it has this probably similar vibe to rendezvous to be honest similar sellers similar buyers you know it's been gone for so long it's hard to remember some of them are really good some of them were a bit slower it just Mm -hmm. depends man what's going on in the market you sold there before yeah we sold at every one Oh, Except really? for the last one that happened, we were at the first one, which was in, which was in Santa Monica in an airport hangar, like a really that's, cool space. That's
1: really sick.
0: And then they had it at the Queen Mary on the boat in uh, Long Beach. You know that boat that sits in the harbor, the Queen Mary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a ship. Um, and then they moved it to like the downtown convention center or something. So. They were all different, but they were all good. Because at the time, this was years and years ago, there was like seven of the events or something that that was the first American show of its kind of caliber, right? Mm -hmm. Where it was geared towards more high-end collectible and rare vintage. So it was super cool and we had a great time doing them. And I'm hoping this one too, like it's obviously going to be a lot different than it was back in the day, but I'm hoping this attracts like a lot more American buyers and a lot more younger people and... You know, it gets really popping. Because Rin has good great intentions with it. And um Yeah, I, ju- I just hope it's it's a big success. So we're gonna do this one for sure. We already talked to Rin about getting a booth and we'll be out there. Oh,
1: sick. Yeah, yeah, I think the way vintage has been going this year, I think there's gonna be a lot of a lot of people there. Like judging by how a current uh uh rendezvous went, um it's gonna go yes. well, I think. I think there's gonna be a lot of fuckers. Nice. So You want
0: to, oh, so I have actually, this is the fun part of it. This is the fun part of the podcast. I got to pull up my notes here, but this is, we're calling this the quick digs. Okay. So I'm going to run through like some questions for you. Kind of that. I asked all the uh, guests on the show. Okay.
1: Okay. Shit. (laughs) Don't
0: worry. I'm not doing it. This isn't a trivia, but this is is your opinion. Okay. Okay. So who do
1: you have as um,
0: your vintage goat? Male and female. Like, who do you think? Who do you look up to in the business? As far as mi- one male, one female.
1: Dang! I wish I knew you were asking me this. Uh, <laughs> are you familiar with uh, Yagi? Uh, Poggy, not really. Foggy is Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, him. He's my. So he's your he's, guy. He's like my vintage dad. I feel like like he's fucking nicest dude he he knows everything he's got the craziest fucking collection has really good taste that foo is fucking amazing i've known him for a very long time since one of my first ever japanese buyers since i've um, started doing this nicest sweetest guy he's amazing shout out yagi i hope he sees this he's the best and then uh, okay dope woman seller <laughs> Man, that's a hard one. I'm trying to think. Um Sorry. I feel like I should know. It's all good. I have to no, mad. it's all good, man. There is I know I know a lot of sellers um Shout out um Jen Purple Panther Vintage. We've had our bad past and we've had gone to a lot of arguments, but shout out her. I'll say her because she's a fucking great picker. <laughs> okay. She finds really great shit and she works really fucking hard. Um, her and um, our buddy uh, Francis, Vonna Govins, she just went on a trip really recently. We found some great shit. Shout out to her. She works really hard. She got great taste and she finds really cool shit and she's about this shit. So shout out her. Purple, Purple Panther. Panther. Nice. Yeah.
0: Sick. Okay, who do you put as the like most underrated right now? Like, who do you want to put on game and, like, shout out who maybe isn't getting the shine they potentially deserve?
1: Hmm. That's not a good question. Um, underrated. Underrated. Maybe my, my buddy Seth out in PA. Okay, dope. He doesn't have a lot of shine on him, but... He's killing it. He works really hard, too. He has good taste. He finds great shit. He, um, when I went picking with him, fucking is an animal. He's a real animal. He was in the Marines. He's, he, he's about this shit. He's oh, not damn. scared of anything. He's got the training. Yeah, he does. I saw this fool flip over. He fucking tripped with a whole pile of clothes. did a, like a front tumble, and it held on to every single piece of clothing in his arms. Like It was a crazy shit. Like is an animal. And I feel very comfortable <laughs> picking with him. So shout out to Seth. And what's his IG for everybody? Skybox Vintage. Uh, we, if you look at our, my page, um, we posted the Afterhood together. So you can just go click on there. But everybody should go follow him. He's got yeah, shit okay. Nice dude. Okay, Nice dope. dude. On that note,
0: like, there's a lot of people doing the bandos now. And there's kind of like a community of it, right? There's people in Colorado. There's people down south there's people like in the east there's people all over the place and it's kind of like a newer community emerging are you guys all typically like are you always with a lot of them and do you guys like chat and like keep in touch
1: yeah yeah like another shout out i'll do um uh jared house emporium angel after school vintage and mike son of a thrift you might have seen those guys but they're fucking all insane motherfuckers the cool the coolest dudes ever um very very humble those are all my buddies i've known them for a minute now and um they all find really crazy shit they're all really nice and uh they got great taste they know what the fuck they're doing and um yeah those are like my three i know them there's some other people no. but those are some dudes i want to give a shout out that i'm good homies with that also do the band of picking they're also really good at it better than me for shake. sure shake. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Big claims.
0: Way I mean. they, go. They've been doing uh, it
1: for a minute now. You got to go check them out. They they have found some crazy shit and they're 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 awesome. They're just awesome dudes. So, Mike, Vintage on Canyon nice. is not, not son of a thrift. Vintage on Canyon just opened up a store in New Mexico. Go check it out. Really humble dude, really cool guy. So, I like giving shout outs.
0: Opened up a store where?
1: New Mexico. Just recently. Vintage oh, on cool. Canyon. So go check them out. Okay. Okay. So what's the, what's your most
0: prized vintage piece that you own or adversely the, like the grail that you're like wanting to acquire.
1: Okay. I'm not going to say the fucking jeans. That's whack. Um, I can't do that. That would be the obvious one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll look out my room if I see if I have anything uh i'm really stoked on this patchwork jacket right now i'm not gonna lie like this is probably one of my favorite things i've had in a minute also along with that mad tv t mad tv shirt that i really like a lot don't think i'll ever get rid of that saying never like i feel like you barely see the early ones i love mad magazines so that shit's fucking cool and it fits me perfect never gonna get rid of that so is that like early 60s or something or when was that from 50s that's just pretty great. Like early, okay. early to mid fifties, I think. One of the first first ever Mad Magazine shirts to ever be put out. Wow! So that thing's pretty cool. Um, what I'm trying to get right now, I want some more Lee shit, more old Lee shit, like actual Lee cowboy jeans with gnarly fades and shit and repairs. I want just shit for myself, you know. So anything Lee yeah. that's old and cool looking, I want. So that's like okay, cool.
0: Sell this man your Lee, everybody,
1: for cheap. Thank you. <laughs>
0: what's the What's the worst trend in the vintage scene currently?
1: I don't want to flame anybody, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh fuck! Worst scene. Just. <laughs> the stupid fucking remakes of the vintage t-shirts that people are doing. I'm sorry, I don't I don't care for them. I mean, then again, yeah, I, yeah. Sh- I don't really wear any of that shit, so I can't really say anything. But also, the kids. There's a lot of kids nowadays. I'm not gonna say names, but there's a lot of kids who are trying to buy a lot of me and a lot of my buddy styles for what we're just posting and what we're selling, and that kind of sucks. So I don't like um when they do that. They're just a lot of just these sweatshirt kids that just buy. 60s sweatshirts and wear them and i don't want to say names but that's just kind of how i see it there's a lot of kids that are good. yeah yeah no not. for
0: sure i mean everyone's entitled to their opinion and the business is like there's always going to be someone coming up on the heels right and like that that will never change unless you want to hide away you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah it's just like there's a lot of people i see that are just like hardly watching me know a lot of my buddies and what we post and what we buy and what we wear and just trying to emulate that but uh and they just don't got their own swag, so that kind of sucks. But you kind of start to, you 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 know you know it's pretty obvious when it's happening. So
0: yeah. I'm not for saying sure. I have a bunch of swag. Okay, so just,
1: I'm not saying wait, I'm not saying I've a bunch of swag. I'm not trying to like hide myself up or anything. I'm just saying like it's it's pretty obvious when you see somebody posting the same shit and buying the same shit as you only because they think that you you're either you're either gonna want it or because that you're already doing it. So that's all I want to say. But shout out to the people you that do are, have a very origi- you ha- what
0: you have a very distinct style for sure.
1: Well, shout out to the people that and are original you- and doing their own thing and fucking killing it and being their own selves. Like Legarbage, Connor, shout out Connor. He does his own shit. Shout out Will, Bangfield buck. He's doing his own shit. These fools got great style. They're killing it. They they don't copy anybody. They do what they think is cool to themselves and they like it because they like it. So shout out them. Hell yeah. This is an epic episode for shout-outs. There's for a sure, lot sure. of people getting shoutouts. It's fucking rad. I love it. People, des- people okay, deserve, so that des- le- deserve it. People deserve it. There's a lot the- of people that, that, that yeah. get the get the light they need. They, they, hopefully, I mean, this is not going to give them all the lights they need, but hopefully it helps. So
0: it will, for sure.
1: So what's the best
0: trend in vintage currently? Now you get to like, what are you what are you liking about the scene right now?
1: Um mm. Well, rockabilly stuff, for sure. People are starting to, you know, have more appreciation for shit like this. And like, I mean, I don't want to say that so people start buying it, but, you know, shit like that. And like, old like gab shit, old um, rayon shit, just cool designs, cool patterns. And um, what else? Uh, cropped stuff. I liked crop stuff. And people are starting to wear more cropped stuff, which is cool. I think it's a good look. Um, good patina. Yeah, like like you're, you're referring to like more
0: men in crop stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, women, all, yeah. a lot of women wearing right, a lot dude. Of crop stuff. That's yeah. a wicked one. I love wearing crop stuff. This I love that. Like, I, I, like, I, I don't care. I see it. I like everything. I, I will also, I do it because of my body type. I have a very small torso, long legs, but um, crop stuff I think looks good for me. And when I see other people wearing it and have good style, it's cool. And people, I'm starting to see more people wearing cooler shit and that's really cool. Like people are actually give a shit about how they look and they're starting to fucking dress cool. And whenever I see these cool rockabilly guys like um Zach Vargas, cool guy. You might know Zach Vargas. He runs uh the store in Hollywood and in, in LA, I forgot what it's called, but really cool dude. Been rocking rockabilly shit forever. Same with um Bud from Crash the Party and Vintageous Outrageous. He great style i look up to the guy a lot he has really cool style and he has cool shit and um they got cool like that rockabilly style they've been rocking it since the 80s and 90s which is what's so rad about it too so it's cool to see more people like kind of getting into that style and um yeah i think that shit's cool nice okay last question
0: on the quick digs is if you could go on a picking trip with any three people who are you taking? This should be easy for you because you do this all the fucking time. <laughs> uh, who, what three people is your dream team?
1: Probably my buddy Seth and my buddy Christian and my buddy little Chris who have all gone on with before. I know we already have a good, I already have a good dynamic with all three of them in separate ways and they all have good shit. And I'll just throw my buddy Matt in there too, burn pit. He's always been fucking killer dude and, um he's always fun to go on trips with he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing so all those dudes they 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 they're not going to blow the spot they're not going to get us caught so that's cool i'm not sure what what kind of picking trip you're talking about like bandos (laughs) or not but i'm just i'm talking to bandos. i mean it could
0: be anything yeah totally about bandos. so that's gangster so um What's next for you, man? Like, you got any plans you want to share? Or like, obviously, we talked about inspiration already. You're probably going to come out there. You're at Rose Bowl every month. You're going to continue to crush it in in the vintage game.
1: You got any, uh, like, what's next? I mean, I've talked to a lot of people. People have been asking me about this for like a year now, but like maybe opening up my own store. I don't know if that's going to be the case. But it would be nice. It would be nice. It would be nice to have my own little show. I need to open it. I, I need to open up a showroom. I've been talking to it a lot with my buddies, and we haven't really set up anything, but it's just been like something I've been really wanting to do, have a space for people to check out. I'm not sure where I want to do it, not sure when I want to do it, but it needs to happen, I think. And it's about time. So, yeah. showroom or storage. Because you're currently
0: like operating out of a storage locker. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs>
1: Which is cool. What is nothing cool? wrong with that? But yeah that's, I mean, I'm not saying nothing wrong with it. I know. Just a showroom. Would you be a storage. You keep you want, expenses down. I think getting a showroom would keep my expenses down because I'm paying $650 for a fucking storage unit right now, and that's fucked up. I feel like if I were to split a showroom with my buddies, split um, a store with my buddies, I'd be paying close to the same if we just split. Yeah, up equally. probably so.
0: Yeah, no, we'll the see. one thing we'll i we'll well, show, we'll A showroom is rad, because a showroom is essentially a storage unit that you just It's better, and you meet people there, and you sell them shit, but... You don't but have to stay
1: there all day. A,
0: exactly. A store yeah. comes with, like, all the responsibilities of, like, staff and everything else, so that's a whole other ball ballgame, but... I ain't staying there, that um, that's for
1: sure. I need somebody yeah, else exactly. to exactly. You
0: got... You're fucking... You're hitting the back roads, <laughs> bud. Yeah, yeah. So... That's dope. Well, Anything else you want to get into?
1: Anything we missed on the show? Any any other? I mean, you've already given a million shout outs, but you can give some more. <laughs> um, I did give a lot of shout outs. Um, shout out to you, if anything. Thanks for having me on here. This is fucking sick. I'm glad I actually came on. I don't know. I was always worried about coming on here and wanting to talk about the bando stuff. And I don't really want to uh, burn it out. But I mean, with the conversation we had, I don't think I did. But um, and no, I, just I was
0: chilling. I mean, there's already everybody posting anyway. It's not like this is getting to a lot more people than already of seeing yeah. what's going on anyway. You know, but, so
1: yeah, thank you for having me on here, dude. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, it's cool that it's cool that you gave me this platform to talk about, you know, what's going on. So it's, I appreciate you. And for all the other people that you've interviewed, it's cool that you're able to do that for them, and you know, put like what they got going on in a little bit of the light. So that's that's super rad. Well, thank
0: you, dude. I appreciate that. And uh, everybody needs to, if they're not following you, they need to go follow you. It's uh, always entertaining and always killer, killer shit. And uh, I wish you all the best, dude. Thank you for coming on. It's been a good chat.
1: Yeah, this is is fun. Yeah, a lot more fun than I thought. I was a little nervous, but now this is, well, we're done, so thank God. You crushed it. Thank you.
0: That is it for another episode of Vintage and Stuff. Thank you guys for tuning in. Kyle, thanks for being on the show. Uh, again, if you want to come check out the Bid Stitch Flea, link down below. Get all the info March 4th, Pasadena, California. If you want to support the show, please go check out the Patreon. I am dropping weekly exclusive knowledge and information that will help you grow your vintage business. Also, shop Frank, vintage.com 30% off, code VTG and stuff. That's it, signing out. See you guys on the next one.